1: Has anybody here changed their mind about Ian Desmond? No, he's terrible. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans.
2: Hello, and welcome to episode five of Affected by Altitude. The Rockies are back. They're 28 and 15 since April 14, which is the second best record in the National League. The only problem is our division rivals, the Los Angeles Dodgers are 32 and 9 over the same stretch. We're recording here on June 3, which is and in the afternoon before the draft occurs. So we're not going to be able to talk to you about who the Rockies picked, but we will talk to you about how the Rockies have been doing. They're on an 8-game winning streak on their home stand. They're 9 and 1 with a handful of walk-offs as well. So why have the Rockies turned a corner? We'll be talking with Sam Bradfield, my co-host, Eric Garcia-McKinley, and Nick Herzog are all with us today. So, Sam, what have you seen in this turnaround for the Rockies?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing is just a lot more team baseball and a lot of, you know, stringing hits together and situational baseball, just a lot of, you know, lot of teamwork (laughs) and even you know pitching has been a lot better uh john gray and herman marquez have looked really good um and chad bettis has looked really good out of the bullpen so that's what i'm kind of seeing i know eric uh wrote his article this morning um called the offense has carried the rockies back into contention so eric why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you've seen um on your art from your article
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what um, I was realized that um, lately the Rockies have been hitting well. Um, So the thing that's the thing that's really popped out to me is that uh, since the Rockies have um, after those three and 12 start, they've gone. Was it what did you say? Was 28
3: and 15.
1: 28 and 15. So since then, so since April 14th, like the offense has been carrying the team and which is which is kind of surprising because the common wisdom heading into the season was that it was the offense that was the weakness and there was the pitching that was going to be uh that was going to to carry the team again but that that hasn't been the case at least since April 14th so i wrote an article on Mon- that published on monday and like almost everybody has been hitting well and this has been pretty this has been pretty it's pretty surprising actually. I mean, Nolan Arenado, yeah, he's been lights out, incredible. He's hitting since April 14th, 380, 429 OBP, 754 slugging. Like come on, it's like amazing, it's really amazing. But a bunch of other guys are really hitting well as um too that hasn't um that we wouldn't have really expected and like one one I have to like point out is like Ian Desmond, like since April 14th, Ian Desmond has been legit good. Just like Flat out good. And this is kind of surprising to me because... So, when when we started the season and not long afterwards, like a week, maybe two weeks into the season, people started talking about Ian Desmond, like the things that he's changed. Like, he's hitting the ball harder. His exit velocity, his average exit velocity is a little bit higher. He's not hitting nearly as many ground balls. And I was like, yeah, those are all really good things. (laughs) But he was hitting like 115 at the time. So, I was like, okay, well... Sure. I mean, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to, to really, uh, take those process things, uh, uh, seriously, but it's like, okay, well that's all great. But if you're still hitting like 115, then what does any of it really matter? Um, but since then he's completely turned it around. So since April 14th, I mean, well, he's turned it around, um, results wise, the process stuff is still, is still relevant. He's hitting 287. 371 OBP, 574 slugging, which is like all about 30% better than league average. So, and he's had six home runs in that time too. So like Ian Desmond has been like legit good uh, since then. So it's like this, everything is coming together for, for on the offense lately. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the real, that they've been carrying the team since April 14th.
2: It's hard to tell if it's Ian Desmond or Mike Trout out there. Um, no, that's it's no, 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 it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's still Ian Desmond. <laughs> but it's. I mean, who has been good?
1: But like, come on, Mike Trout? No.
2: Um, one thing for me, whenever I hear on a baseball broadcast talking about grit or the will to win, I kind of roll my eyes because I'm big in st- t- into statistics. But this team. Might make me a believer because we talked about so a three and 12 start. We've talked about here how that's not just being early in the season, a slow start. That's where it's the odds are objectively against you at that point. And that's just an extremely difficult hole to climb out of. And with all the injuries, like. The odds have just definitely not been in their favor. And I feel like some sort of determination or tenacity or grit has something, to, like with all the things that have gone wrong, Kyle Freeland, Tyler Anderson, Desmond and Murphy, even though they started hitting better the bullpen, just this horrendous start to the season. now where they've come since then, I feel like maybe it has something to do with the way these guys are meshing together. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but I mean at the same time, like if you're taking the statistical point of view or the I mean, a lot of this is evening out. Like so for example, that I mean what what's kind what's kind of interesting and you know, if the Rockies do end up making the postseason and completely overcoming that three and twelve start, we have a great narrative too, because April 14th, do you remember that day? That was the day Nolan Arenado hit his first home run of the season. He had been on a huge drought. And that was also the day that Herman Marquez almost threw a perfect game against the Giants in San Francisco. So if we can like if the Rockies make the points postseason, we look back we could say, oh, it was that game and it was a super, super memorable game that turned the season around. Um, but, you know, is it is it grit? Is it meshing? I mean, I think like I, I don't go to the clubhouse very often. I go like once a year. But I was I was there for opening weekend um, this season when the Rockies, you know, just got swept by the Rays and just starting um, uh, starting their first home series against the Dodgers. And the mood was pretty good good um the mood was pretty good and I and I think these players for the most part are already used to one another I mean so I think they didn't have to they didn't have to refine their you know team chemistry they've always been a team with a good team chemistry even with this composition so I don't know I think I think they're mostly just I think they're mostly just playing better they were just they were just super underperforming early in the season um but now like the offense is like I mean, arguably, like there's some players on the offense that are overperforming, which brings up the question about the pitching. So if the offense is carrying the team, the pitching is not doing so well.
2: Do you think this is the best offensive Rockies team since- when do, okay, going back, when do, how do you how <laughs> does this compare to like in terms of how good this offense is compared to the past couple of years?
1: um oh,- com, well, compared to the past couple of years um, a better for sure. I think, I think compared to the past couple of seasons, this offense is on the whole better. And I've, I've an example for this, uh, um, that I can, that I can bring up right now. So I think, I think the, I think a pretty good measure of a, of a real quality offense is being able to overcome some deficiencies. Um, because it's just going to happen that not everybody's going to not everybody's going to click all at the same time, you know. That's just you know a matter of course. Um, and so when I wrote this this article about the offense today, Rymel Tapia, of course, came up. He's he has he's hitting since April fourteenth, twelve percent better than the league average, which is great. You know, two ninety six average, three forty two OBP, five thirty five slugging percentage, <laughs> but. Um, I just looked up the last 30 days. So that's about the last six weeks or so. In the last 30 days, Raimel Tapia, you might be surprised to notice, has not been hitting very well. He's hitting since uh, May 4th um, through j- June 2nd, he's May hitting the 4th, 274. Be with you. Yeah, he's hitting, yeah, yeah, and also (laughs) with you. Um, He's hitting 274, 317, 411, which um, is 24% below league average. So I just looked that up like 15 minutes ago, and I was surprised to see that. Maybe you're surprised to see that as well, but I think that's a sign of a good offense that, like, wow, one of these hitters that everybody thinks has been like, totally locked in lately has actually not been very good for the past 30 days but nobody's really noticed because so many other hitters um are carrying the weight so um i think that's like for the past couple of seasons that's not something that could have really been hidden um because there was so much reliance on guys like arenado and story and blackman and if one of those guys um went cold at a time then like then then the the entire offense wasn't hitting
3: It kind of almost reminds me of a couple years ago when the the Diamondbacks got J.D. Martinez. And it was kind of funny because at that point, Paul Goldschmidt hit his, I think, like second slump of the year. He always slumps in May. And then he hit this massive slump in like August. But that was right right around the time they signed J.D. Martinez, who, of course, was hitting the ball out of the park every other game. And so you kind of forgot that Goldschmidt was terrible at that point because Martinez was just obliterating it. So it, it's kind of kind of the same thing here. You know, I mean, Tapia hasn't been very good, but everybody else has been fine or better than fine, I suppose. So you kind of forget.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I think that's like I mean, I think that's 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 a sign of a good offense. Like the other the other ones will carry your weight, and not too much reliance mm-hmm. on a single person. There's I mean, this is it's really it's a long way of saying depth. And so this team has on the offense um more depth
2: than the past couple of seasons. So moving into the pitching, um, it's been, the starting rotation has been kind of a concern beyond John Gray and Herman Marquez and Antonio Sensatella had a good start on Sunday. I saw his DRA minus actually improved by 20% after that one good start. Um, but Chad Bettis has proven to be a good option out of the bullpen after he struggled in the rotation. Uh, Kyle Freeland obviously sent down to AAA, Tyler Anderson on the 60-day injured list. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we looking at here? Because Peter Lambert, uh, Thomas Harding was tweeting, might be getting a call up to make a start in the next week here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, that's the funny thing. Like, I mean, how, how quickly things can change with major league baseball heading into the season. It's like, well, the offense is the liability. The pitching is the strength. And now here we are wondering about, you know, who's going to start this week. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, Peter Lambert could be a good option if the Rockies think he's ready. I don't think they're going to promote him if they don't think he's ready. Um, It would be great to see him and, come up and excel um there are still uh you know dallas keichel is still a free agent i think you know the rockies should have ex- at least explored that possibility uh, some time ago maybe they did maybe they didn't i don't know but we just know he's still a free agent and after the draft tonight he's not no longer going to to have that a uh, uh draft compensation at- attached so the qualifying offer will go away so the Rockies don't have to lose a, a draft pick to sign him but that's also true for everybody else so they'll be in competition maybe for his services I mean yeah I mean Dallas Keuchel would be a perfect replacement for Tyler Anderson because you know replace one left-hander with another left-hander who also happened to have won a Cy Young a couple of years ago um, also the you know Pretty soon, here after the draft uh, uh, and the, the 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 trade deadline is the end of July. So, some teams are realizing that they're not going to compete this year, so they're going to be sellers. And the Rockies, you know, have shown in the past couple of years that they will shop the market. Um, so, there's potential potential upgrades to be had also on the trade market as well. And we'll be right back
2: with Nick Herzog. who will join us to talk about how our opinions have changed from the beginning of the season.
0: View from the party deck.
3: All righty, we are back and we are joined by Nick Herzog. How are you today, Nick?
0: Good, guys. How you doing?
3: So we wanted to talk to you and talk all of us about some opinions we had early on in the season, some predictions we had um, that maybe we changed our minds about. Do you have anything?
0: Well, so I predicted at the beginning of the season that the Rockies were going to win 93 games this year. Um, I'm going to back off on that opinion, probably. I'm going to say they're going to win 92 <laughs> games this year. That's <laughs> old, where I'm at now. Old. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good team. I still do. And the, so here's the thing. You know, we thought the, the pitching was going to be the strength. Um, the last two years it has been. It looked like the rotation was going to be really solid coming into this year. There were some uh, pitchers available. You talked about Dallas Keuchel. There's some some moves that could be made to strengthen the rotation. Um, there's some some depth in the minor leagues with, with Peter Lambert, for example. I I thought the the, the pitching w- would roll and I thought the offense would be better. So I thought an improved record. Um, would would follow, but you know this year obviously the rotation has had its struggles, but the offense has been so much better than I was expecting, especially this early stage in the year. I mean, this last month has been um, some of the best offense we've seen from the Rockies team in I, years, a number of years. I, I think I can't remember the last time they were this collectively hot, um, and so I think I, I think what we're seeing is a really good combination of talent on offense um there's a a few a few people hitting over what they probably will average out uh tony walters comes to mind probably not going to be a a 304 hitter by the end of the season with a almost 800 ops um so some things will come back to the mean but um i think overall there's there's a lot more depth here uh than this team had last year uh there's especially in the, I mean, the infield is just absolutely loaded and the baby Rockies are coming through. They're hitting really well. Um, and so really what we have to to do now is just get Kyle Freeland, right? I mean, 28 and 15 since that three and 12 start is the second best record in the national league. You guys talked about that a minute ago. That's without your best pitcher. Uh, he's basically been terrible and a liability through that entire stretch. They're nine and one without without their best pitcher, and with getting some some pretty bad performances over the last ten games. So, if they can just get the pitching right, uh, which I have confidence in Bud Black to be able to do, then I, I think this offense is going to continue to cook. You know, maybe cool down a little bit. Maybe not everybody's going to be as hot all at once uh, through the through the rest of the season. Obviously, but um, I, I think the pitching is going to improve, and so I think we're going to end up you know being right in the thick of it in the end, just just like I thought.
1: Well, I, I, I can jump in here. Well, first, I have to say that the Rockies do currently have their best pitcher, and that his name is Herman Marquez. Um, so, um, and I think I, I, I will actually, I'm, I've changed my mind about the Rockies record as well. So, I don't remember exactly what I predicted. It was somewhere around 85, 86 wins. I'm actually, I'm feeling pretty optimistic right now. So, I'm going to up that up to, to 90 or so. Cause Come on up, was, buddy. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go to that ninety, which is you know on the cusp of uh, playoff contention, and you know l- last year we like there were a lot of a lot of folks um, sort of uh, I guess there was. Much much maligning going on for run differential and like run differential don't pay attention to it but like you know I mean people pay attention to run differential because it's actually a pretty good indicator of how good a team actually is um, not just the offense but the team as a whole so that's why people pay attention to it that's why people were talking about it it makes sense um, and so one thing that I found um, we are, we talked earlier about uh, you know, my article about the Rockies offense carrying the team back to contention. And since April fourteenth, since they have had this record, their run differential is plus fifty, which is really good. And so I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the depth of the offense. I'm pretty feeling pretty good that Kyle Freeland's going to come back and resolve some of those command issues. Um, there are still some other things they need to take care of. Maybe you know, maybe fill some holes, but that's what the the trade deadline's for. So yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm. Despite the Really bad start I'm revising I think I think I've changed my mind About how real how good This team really is and Where where they'll land I think it's going to be closer To 90 than 85 Which is what I thought earlier in the Season
0: Ben you were on the on the lower side are you Are you sticking with the the team being around 500 Um Yeah and it's, it's just because
2: I'm stubborn and like to Stick Oof. to my guns Um <laughs> They, they certainly look better than I thought they would have looked by now. And I hope they exceed my prediction by 20 wins. <laughs> um, but some things, would be a 102-win
1: 100, team. That would, <laughs> yeah, that would be, be pretty good.
2: But some things I have changed my mind about. Um, I don't think Daniel Murphy's going to hit 30 home runs anymore. Um, he's at three right now. So I don't know what pace that puts him. I don't think it's a, it's not a 30 home run pace. Um, and also as for the Is a nine home run pace. That <laughs> um,
3: not with that attitude.
2: The, the catching situation I am impressed with. I thought, I think a lot of us thought that was going to be a little bleak there with Walters and Ionetta, but uh, Renee was telling us about how, the catch the Rockies don't have a catching problem, and I'm more inclined to believe that now. I think if if Walters gets on base a third of the time, he's doing enough for me offensively with his with his great defense. And Iannetta's been hitting for power as well, so uh, the catching situation has been pretty good for me.
3: See, I've I've changed my mind a little bit looking through some of the stats of uh, Brendan Rogers earlier on in the season. I was talking with some of my other media friends like uh, Drew Creaseman and Patrick Lyons. We talked a lot about it uh, from BSN and how everybody thought he would be a late call up September, at least after the all-star game, um, if not next year. And they called, they called him up in May, which I thought personally was a little early and was interested to see what would happen, especially with McMahon and Hampson already at second base. Um, So I was a little nervous Um, just with that whole situation and see how they were going to handle him and how they were going to handle McMahon and everybody else who was out there. And I've actually been pleasantly surprised with how he's performed and how McMahon's performed and how the Rockies have handled him and handled their crowded infield. I think they've actually done a really good job of, of juggling that. So that's been something that I've been pleasantly surprised by.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about Rogers. I mean, uh, you know he's he came in pretty pretty smoking hot. Um, he's sitting two sixty eight now. Uh, doesn't have a home run yet. The power numbers aren't aren't there yet. But I feel like I I just like I like what he brings when he plays. I don't know. I feel like every time he plays, he does something to help the team win. I like the attitude he plays with. I, I like how he's aggressive but he doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the moment's too big for him he doesn't seem outmatched or um he seems like he belongs on the field right now and and i think we're gonna see him stick on this team for the rest of the year and you know for the foreseeable future now i don't i i you know unless he has a protracted slump uh, i think he's shown me enough at this point to to prove that he he belongs here and and that has me excited because you know we've we've heard about brendan rogers now for since he was drafted it seems like he was the rockies top prospect for like the last three or four years practically um almost since he was drafted and you know it it was starting to look like we had a log jam you know Lemayhu and story uh once story started performing at at shortstop he was he was blocking rogers you know we have mcmahon tearing up triple a the last year and he gets called you know has a great spring and and he gets the Call to the big league team this year. It seemed like seemed like Rogers might get blocked here, but um, I, I think he's doing enough, and I think Bud Black's done a really good job of handling the load for these guys and juggling minutes and matchups and things. It seems like we're seeing all these guys get time and, and being able to contribute. So I'm really excited about what I'm seeing from all the young guys. David Dahl is absolutely a monster, by the way, and I don't. He's hitting 331 with a 9-11 OPS right now, I, that's to me, that's the player he is. I don't, I don't think he's like overperforming his talent. I mean, I, I, I think this really is the type of player that, that he can be. Will he be 331 at the end of the season or whatever? I don't know. But I, I really, I, I don't think, I, I don't think what he's doing right now is is anything other than indicative of what kind of player he is. And I'm really excited about what we have there too, if he can stay healthy.
1: Yeah. One thing, one thing about Brendan Rodgers for me, he's he's just taking good at bats. He's taking really really good at bats, and you know, I mean, one of my fears was like, oh my gosh, are, are the Rockies gonna bring Brendan Rogers up? Or are they gonna put him on the bench like they did like Rymel Tapia and other guys we've talked about? Are they gonna send him back down just to completely overmatch AAA pitching again and again? Um, But there there is actually a difference. I think I think. um, and I can I can talk I can use this as a segue to the other thing that I've changed my mind about like Rymel Tapia a couple of years ago even early the season he just looked way overmatched against major league pitching and it's sort of he was always sort of this a uh, coin flip prospect like is, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? I don't know. It could go either way. Um, and it was, you know, there are times I'm like, man, maybe this is just going to be one of those prospects that doesn't pan out, but that, that hasn't been the case at all with Brendan Rogers. He just comes up and he takes good at bats and he's just like, looks like a guy who's like going to stick around. And, and the segue is, I think I've changed my mind about Raimel Tapia a little bit, despite what I said earlier about the slump he's been in lately that nobody's really noticed from as far as i can tell like yeah that guy i mean i i was i was starting to drift towards the maybe he's just going to be one of those guys who doesn't pan out but now i'm thinking okay he's going to have a major league career raymel Topi is going to have a major league career and glad it's going to be with the rockies
2: yeah, and I guess on that note, I've changed my mind about Garrett Hampson. Um, and that's this is in a more negative light because he has really looked overmatched by major league pitching this year, and I didn't think that's what we were going to Because So when he came up last year, he was putting together some really good plate appearances. He was walking. I, re- I remember that walk against Kershaw. That was just in a really big uh, situation, but he has really looked overmatched. He's back with the big league club now after having a pretty solid stint after being demoted to AAA. But uh, Hampson has not been what I expected.
0: I am also sticking with my prediction about the Dodgers. I thought that they would be down this year. And I know this at this point in the season, this looks silly. Cody Bellinger is not going to hit 390 for the rest of the season. I'm sorry. He is not that good. I know he's good. Not with that. He's not that, that good. <laughs> um, they're going to have some issues with their their old pitching staff. Um, I, I really, I just, they're on pace to win like 110 games right now. This is not happening. I just don't, I do not see the Dodgers being that good. I think they're outperforming right now what their talent level is. Um, and I know that seems stupid right now to say, but I'm going to stick by it.
1: But they do this every year. Like every year it seems like they have a stretch of like 50 games where they win like 40. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it this usually is, comes this in August though, surprising. after they stink for a while. Yeah, this is. It's just not surprising. Well, maybe maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna be maybe they're gonna have that rough streak late in the season this time around. But it's like, oh yeah, of course the Dodgers have gone thirty two and nine. They do that every damn year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really funny because I was talking yesterday with one of my friends on the way to uh, to the Diamondbacks game, and we were talking about Clayton Kershaw. We were just talking about um aces because I you know watched I watched Jacob deGrom pitch against that Granky on Saturday night and Granky didn't look very good deGrom looked really good that's besides the point but we were talking about um Clayton Kershaw and neither of us could remember if Clayton Kershaw was off the injury list or not and I think that's kind of so you looked it up and found out that he's actually been pitching okay and it was just kind of funny that you know yeah I agree the Dodgers are gonna kind of fall back to earth just because they're doing okay despite clayton kershaw and despite all this other kind of stuff clayton kershaw has been really quiet this year um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at i definitely agree that the dodgers are going to fall back at some point
2: speaking of aces and i guess this is kind of off topic but we need to get herman marquez to the all-star game i mean arnauto and story are going to be there i don't think we really have to campaign hard, but marquez definitely needs to be in there
3: just don't call him the ace
0: okay <laughs> he's got my vote he's uh saved this pitching staff can you imagine the pitching staff without without marcus this year um would have been a a total train wreck john gray you know a lot of credit there he's definitely improved over last season i still think we can see better from from john gray um but he's i think on the right on the right path right now at least um but yeah man marcus is save the bacon of the rotation this year
1: yeah i think that's 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 definitely something i've not changed my mind about is that herman marquez is actually the he's the guy he's like i mean kyle freeland had a lights out season kyle freeland had a better season in 2018 than herman marquez but even despite that i was i mean coming into this this year i was like yeah marquez is the guy
0: He's the guy. Yeah, I, I think I don't even think anybody questions the fact that Marcus has better stuff, and I think everybody's yeah. known that for a long time. Um, and we, we kind of see that you know Freeland has a slim margin for error, and yeah. he he was walking walking a fine line, and he he kind of he kind of I hate to this analogy, but kind of reminded me of Jeff Francis, um, where you know Francis had a couple of really good years, but he had mm. such a slim margin for error that once he fell off, it was just sort of done. Like he didn't he didn't have the stuff to to overpower guys and if he wasn't nailing his spots with exact perfection uh, he was a, a terrible pitcher and I, I'm hoping that's not the case with Freeland I mean I he's still really young and I you know his velocity's not down um, the Rockies even up to like a week and a half ago or something I think I heard Nick Groke talk about how the the Rockies like f- doing a pretty deep dive on Freeland and his issues were pretty confident that. He, th- he, that he wasn't he wasn't way off like his velocity was about the same he, they they couldn't identify anything that he was doing differently than last year but he wasn't hitting it but his but he, he's not hitting his spots and right and okay. who knows i don't know yeah and that, that's the it's been kind of this mystery about about the season is he's just stuff is just going right down the middle for some reason and with no movement well
1: i i have a question for for everybody here about um things you've changed your mind about and it is uh Perhaps, perhaps the uh, a big topic of Rocky's conversation. Ian Desmond. Has anybody here changed their mind about
0: Ian Desmond? No, he's terrible.
3: <laughs> he's Tell terrible. us how you really feel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he, you've got to give him credit for 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 what he's done, and you know I he, I heard him say the other day that this was like the f- the other day was like the first time he could remember getting like cheered at a home game or something, <laughs> which is so um, sad
1: to hear. My God, that, I know he- it
0: actually it did it kind of broke my heart. You know, Ian Desmond is the first and only player for a team that I root for that I've ever booed at a home game. I'm oh. generally like morally opposed to booing your own team, and it makes me really mad when I hear other people do it. But there was a game I went to last year, and it was I don't know it was like in September or something, and it was just he was just terrible, and it was in in that game in particular, um, I think he had three strikeouts or something like that, and came up in the eighth, and I booed him, and it just sort of happened, and it takes a it takes a real level of terrible to get that out of me. Like I'm really like I said like morally opposed to this, so yeah, I I have been well off the Ian Desmond. Bandwagon? Was there ever even an Ian Desmond bandwagon? No, I can't there, imagine that there, even there, existed. There
1: never, there never was an Ian no, Desmond there never bandwagon.
0: Was. No, um,
3: at least not a positive one. <laughs> right.
0: But I mean, the fact that he, he he's had a, a really legitimately good um, last thirty days, like you talked about earlier. Uh, you've you've got six weeks, yeah, six weeks. Even right, uh, you've got to give your give him credit, um, tip your hat to him, and hope he can he can keep this going. I mean, maybe he's got another good season or two left in him and he can, he can give us the kind of production he's been giving him. I mean, it seems like it's within his abilities. It's, I don't, it doesn't seem like he's playing outside of that. It's just, we haven't seen that much from the last, for the last two years. So. The thing that makes me a
1: little bit skeptical of being, of jumping or maybe um, creating a bandwagon for Ian Desmond, which I'm never going to be the leader of that. <laughs> um, is that, I mean, he had less, less, he was. He had a couple good months last year. I think it was June and July. He was. He was very good, but he was just really bad in, in other in other areas. I'll, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, he had a couple of good months last summer, um, and so it's not completely out of the blue for him to for him to to have a have a little stretch here but the, the the thing is it's like when Ian Desmond goes cold it's like wow so cold he can go very 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 cold where he basically is not hitting anything so that's that's the that's the worry here like of putting too much stock into these well, last 6 and weeks when he,
0: when he goes hot he's really only like a slightly above average player
1: <laughs> yeah so, so last
0: he doesn't he can't really he can't really withstand those those horrible slumps in the way that a so a good la, player can
1: last June Ian Desmond had a WRC plus of 141 and last July he had a WRC plus of 123 and you know what that means in a uh non advanced saber saber metric terms is that he was forty percent better than league average until J- June Twenty three percent above league average in July. Problem was in August, twenty six was his wRC plus, mm. <laughs> and, and September October definitely better ninety three. But you know, and you know, we also have to look at April thirty five, May seventy two. So he's had these like deep, deep, deep cold streaks, um, and even last year he had a he had a stretch like dang pretty good in June and July too. He had. 106 uh, plate appearances in in June, 92 in July. So he was he was a good player for two months, but he had a bad season overall. So that's um that's why I I I I didn't put Ian Desmond on my list of a player I've changed my mind about. He's the player that I'm going to say yeah, last six weeks he's been hitting really well, and you know the process stuff should imp- inspire a little bit of confidence, but. We've we've seen this one before.
2: Yeah, there was a point this season where I wanted him to be DFA'd, and I don't. I no longer do anymore. So I guess my mind has changed. Changed mind.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I'd probably still be okay with it, (laughs) but it's not going to happen now. Unfortunately.
3: See, I'll be the optimist and say that despite everything that's going on, I still think he'll end the season. At the beginning of the season, I predicted him at 260 with 25 homers. And I still think he'll end up somewhere around there. Right now, he's at 244, I think, with six home runs. So, I mean, it's not a great pace at this moment. But, you know, for him to go 260 with 25 home runs, I don't think maybe I'll change my mind and go down to, like, 20. Um but I still think, he, you know, he's going to have a better year than he's had in the last couple years. It's not going to be stellar, but for him to hit 260, I don't think is out of the question. So it's it's not, again, it's not stellar, it's not fantastic, but it's serviceable. And I think at this point, that's all you can really ask out of, out of Desmond is for him to be serviceable and to not be a liability. And I think I think he's capable of that. I really do.
2: Man, that article on NBC Sports that was titled... Man who gave Ian Desmond seventy million dollars thinks he is not worthy of, or what is it, not beyond criticism or something like that. That was just, yeah. That whole situation is very interesting and perhaps a topic for another. Oh yeah, year. yeah.
1: Here's an, yeah another thing I've changed my mind about. I no longer want to meet Jeff Breidich <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: because
1: because he clearly uh, yeah. has contempt for um, the profession. Of writing about baseball in general. If you do
0: ever meet him, make sure to never give an opinion about anything because he uh, could not care less.
1: Yeah. Apparently. Well, I'm not going to ask him, like, you know, if he's if he happens to be eating a taco, I'm not going to ask him how he thinks
0: about it. Because, like, <laughs> have you ever run a Taco Bell? No, he's not an expert, right? <laughs> so I'm curious um, what you all think about the bullpen. Um, I would give my opinion, but I'm not sure that I have a fully formed Opinion yet, and I, I think going into the season, I thought the bullpen—that was my big question mark. Really going into the season, I thought the rotation would be strong, thought the offense would be better, but uh, still not carry the team. Obviously, we've talked about some of those things changing. The bullpen was my question mark, and it kind of still is. I think it's been better than I was expecting, Um, but I'm I'm not sure if this is like a something that's going to carry through the rest of the season. What do you guys think about where the bullpen's at?
3: I think it depends on who you're talking about. I mean, O has been not so great, but Oberg has been pitching really well, which is something that I figured would happen. And I feel like, you know, he's been he's been overperforming. He's been doing really well. And I think he'll continue to perform really well. Um, the rest of them, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. They're all kind of... All over the place, but those are the two that stick out to me.
1: So, as a rule, I don't really form that many opinions about bullpens. I just sort of they're the they're the they're the go with the flow um, component of a baseball team. So, yeah, Oberg's been great. Love seeing him come in. Brian Shaw has been surprising, which is again so how good Brian Shaw has been is an example of why I. I, I don't venture very many opinions on bullpens or make predictions of how well they'll do. Brian Shaw, like who knew he'd be so good? He was terrible the last two seasons. So yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna go with the flow with the bullpen, see how it goes. I think like the if, you're, if, if the question is, who are the guys I have confidence in right now? I think it's like Oberg and like, I don't know, maybe Chad Bettis, <laughs> who's been
2: okay. I actually would say I have I have confidence in Shaw. I guess I, guess I do have confidence in Shaw Esteves, um, Oberg, yeah. uh, Davis when he's healthy. I think McGee is has an ERA of zero at least since he's come back. Um, really, O is a pretty significant problem. I think, and I don't know what can be done about that. Um, yeah, Bettis has also been a very good option out of the bullpen too.
0: I mean, we've seen enough from Mike Dunn at this point, haven't we? <laughs> That's true. I have a soft spot for him
2: because I have a signed baseball from him, but
0: yeah. Oh, I respect that. He's terrible. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, tell us how you, you have really signed baseball Nick.
0: from a terrible player.
3: <laughs> Thanks gentlemen for joining us. So that was Nick Herzog and Eric McKinley.
0: Yeah. Thank you all for having me. Yep. See you.
1: See you next time.
2: we are back and it's time to talk about how things are looking in the minor leagues. We were talked a little bit earlier about how Peter Lambert, the top pitching prospect in the Rockies organization might be making his major league debut in the coming week. What have you seen from him in triple a Sam?
3: Well, Lambert's looked really good. His last couple of games, um, specifically like May 24th, um, against the Las Vegas aviators. He looked really, which is triple a Oakland, I believe. Um, he looked really good. He pitched, Seven innings, gave up seven hits, but none of them crossed home plate. He didn't walk anybody. Ten strikeouts on 95 pitches. He looked like that's amazing. Um, yeah, On the 29th against the Reno Aces, AAA Arizona, um, he pitched six innings and gave up four earned runs on four hits, two of which were home runs. So that was a little, little, bit, of a, little bit of a blip there. Um, not as bad as on May 19th when he gave up. Three home runs to the El Paso Chihuahuas, AAA San Diego. Um, so he's been a little bit up and down, but overall, I think he's pitched he's pitched pretty well. So we'll see how he does uh, if he does get promoted, um, especially in an environment like Coors Field. I mean, granted, he'll be theoretically in Wrigley is kind of the projection I think in the next couple of days. So we'll see we'll see how he does. I think he'll I think he'll be all right.
2: And then there's Justin Lawrence, who I know you have said in the past, probably shouldn't have really started the season in AAA in the first place. Well, he's since been demoted to A after struggling with the isotopes. What have you got on him?
3: Yeah, I, I like Justin Lawrence. He was a really nice guy to talk to. I met up with him in uh, Fall League last October. And I, I, I mean, great guy. But yeah, his his pitching in AAA, I was very surprised to see him jump from Lancaster to Albuquerque because they always say that double A is kind of the make or break level, if you will. Um, so I was surprised to see him literally only spend 14 days from March 11th to March 25th on the yard goats roster. Um, being in Albuquerque, he only pitched 10 and a third innings with an ERA of 8.71, uh, 10 earned runs on 12 hits, three home runs, nine walks and only six strikeouts. So he definitely struggled. He was put on the injury list on April 30th, um, retroactive to April 29th. So I'm not exactly sure what kind of injury he had, but then it came out yesterday that he was, uh, put on the yard goats roster. So I think that'll be a good spot for him to kind of get his feet back under him. And, uh, especially in a more pitcher friendly environment like Hartford, um, I think that'll really help him get his feet back under him and push him back. I could see him going back up to AAA, maybe towards the end of the year. Um, but I definitely think the the, per, the demotion to Hartford will be good for him.
2: And the last note about pitching is uh, Riley Pint. He's been looking a little better lately, right?
3: <laughs> a lot better. Uh, Riley Pint has not given up a hit. Or not given up a run, sorry. He gave up a run the 24th and 25th, but before that, he had a four-run game on May 2nd, and since then, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven innings of no runs crossing the plate, and during that time, he only gave up two hits. So he's been striking out more batters, meaning one or two per inning. Um, Yeah, earned runs. He's been, yeah, definitely, his pitch counts have been going back up Uh, On May 28th, he pitched 18. He had 18 pitches, 11 which were strikes. On the 25th, 22 of them, Uh, 10 for strikes, 23 and 11 on the 24th, like, and even on May May 21st, 13 pitches and 11 for strikes. So he's whatever happened on that one fateful day really seems to have turned his season around. So hopefully he'll get back to the Riley Pint that we've all been hoping he'll be.
2: Then we have Pat Valaika, who uh is hitting 069 at the Major League level this year, but is hitting 364 with a seven forty-three slugging percentage in triple A, hitting multi-home run games. He has sixteen home runs and hundred forty seven plate appearances. What happens to Pat Valeka when he goes to the PCL?
3: I mean, I'm surprised that the that the Rockies haven't called upon him again, but I think You know, he's one of those guys that, yeah, is going to thrive in the PCL and seems is struggling at the major league level. So, I mean, they luckily have some other options to call upon. They have, you know, Garrett Hampson's been bouncing back and forth. Now they have Brandon Rogers, who's up with the club and will probably stay with the club. Um, You know, they have plenty of other options around that. they You know, they can shuffle Ryan McMahon around if they need to um, around the infield, I should say. So they don't, they don't have as much of a glaring need for Pat Vileka, but I'm still a little surprised they haven't called him up because he's got 16 home runs in 33 games, and he has, we counted earlier, one, two, three, four. Four of those games have been multi-home run games. Um. So, yeah, he's just tearing it up in AAA, but we'll see what happens to him Beyond AAA, if they call him up again, or if he's one of those guys that maybe would be better served on another team somewhere, um, yeah, he's got five doubles, sixteen home runs, thirty-three RBI. So.
2: And finally, uh, we have Tim Melville, who I wrote about in Saturday's Rockpile um, from posting about an article that Kyle Newman wrote for the Denver Post. It was back in early May. The Rockies signed a couple of pitchers: starter Tim Melville and reliever Pat Dean who didn't get this, these signings didn't get much fanfare and they probably shouldn't have, because these were some guys who had been uh, deemed not worthy of pitching on major league teams and thus had to play an independent ball to begin the season. But the Rockies could use some rotation help and Melville has logged an ERA of three in uh, now five starts. He has 27 strikeouts and 27 innings of work and uh, three walks for nine innings. So only blemish on his record has been uh a little bit too high of a home run rate, but it is the Pacific coast league. Uh, And according to DRA minus Melville has been about 45% or so better than average for repeat the PCL. Now he previously was in the major leagues in 2016 and 2017 with the Reds, the twins and the Orioles. He did not have success uh, when he pitched in the majors in a brief uh, limited action for them. But that is a possibility to think about. Melville's 29 years old. He's a former fourth-round pick, and perhaps he could finally be realizing a little bit of his potential, and perhaps with the openings in the Rockies' rotation, he could become an option.
3: So, scooching back to the major leagues, the Rockies head to Wrigley Field to take on the Cubs, um, who recently signed uh, free agent Carlos Gonzalez, who was DFA'd from the Indians. And now he's with the Cubs. My mother is not very happy about that one. She's a White Sox fan, so she loves Cargo. He's one of her favorites, but she's not looking forward to watching him in a Cubs uniform. So um, watching the games over the next couple weeks, June 5th is going to be on MLB Network. uh, June 8th in in New York against the Mets is on Fox. June 12th versus the Cubs at home is also on MLB Network. All of those out of market only. Um, except for fox i should say so yeah thanks for joining us again for episode five of affected by altitude and maybe in the next time we'll talk about draft picks which are coming up tonight
2: have a good week